It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's right, five days a week right now as we're back in in-season mode. The countdown to training camp continues here on Locked On Panthers. We're only five days away. From the team being in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College, and I'm so excited for them to be back at Wofford, continuing the long-standing tradition of the Carolina Panthers hosting their training camp in the upstate of the great state of South Carolina. So there it goes. Shout out to the folks down there in South Carolina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever. You listen to the show and follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter. And I'm going to need you to do that because every Friday throughout the offseason, which we still are in, even when they start preseason, we're still not going to have games really on Sundays. So make sure to follow me so you can get in your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag that we're doing throughout the offseason. So please go ahead and do that. You can just DM me. You can at me. I've already got a ton of them from the last couple of weeks that I've not been able to answer because of my ongoing travels. And then also last week, Taylor Bowden signed his extension, which took, you know, obviously precedent over having the Friday mailbag, but we're back at it on Friday again. So getting those questions as soon as possible. Usually try to get things done on Thursday evening. So you get your questions in by Thursday. I'll have them answered and right there for Friday. And if any late questions come in, they will be on the next week's show. On today's show, it's list season. And ESPN has kind of taken over when it comes to list. Bill Barnwell, we talked about him before. He is in, He's a big fan of the Panthers' offensive weaponry, which makes you ask questions about Sam Darnold heading here into 2021. Also, the Carolina Panthers done a great job with the vaccination rate, something that was critical of the team back in mandatory minicamp when Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold were trying to talk about personal choice, not answer any questions, so kudos to the team. But really, let's look also at another ranking that ESPN has looking at the Panthers' offensive line. But could there be positives among some of the stats from last season? And does it give Sam Darnold a potential excuse if he struggles here in 2021. So all that coming up on the show, but let's start off first off with what I thought was a really interesting look at the entire league by ESPN. They have an NFL future power ranking projecting all 32 NFL teams for the next three seasons. And they did a huge formula where depending on where you, how, what your team was at, you, they would see him as a Super Bowl contender or an elite team, an average team, and of course, a team that's not going to be very good. And where the Panthers fall is 23rd. And a rating of 72.3 would sit there as an average team. So the expectations for the Carolina Panthers this season, 2022 and 2023. So years two, three, and four, Matt Rule. Presuming that Matt Rule is able to stay around for four seasons, which I think will be the case. He The expectation from what the Panthers currently have on their roster, what they've done in the draft, the front office, the coaching, the quarterback, 
that they are expected to be an average team over the next three seasons. Now, when I look at the quarterback, or the overall roster, rather, they're ranked 26 among 32 teams in the NFL. Quarterbacks also ranks 26 over 32 teams in the NFL, which makes sense, considering also my opinions of Sam Darnold, what he's done so far in his career with the New York Jets. Um, coaching is ranked 16th, and that's just not Matt Rule, but it's also Phil Snow, defensive coordinator, Joe Brady, someone who I'm not sure will be here in Carolina in 2022. And looking at the draft, 7th. In front office, 19th with general manager Scott Fitterer, and things have been remade as well. Pat Stewart there, Samil Suleiman. So all things are being taken into account here with the Carolina Panthers and by ESPN when they do these future power rankings of these 32 teams. Now the justification why the Panthers are here. Field Yates says the Panthers made a calculated bet this offseason on Sam Darnold that will define the franchise's fate over the next three seasons. If Darnold fulfills the expectations that pushed him to be the third pick of the 2018 draft, Carolina will have acquired him for a bargain and an offense ready for liftoff elsewhere by shining. If not, Carolina will have missed out on a key choice chance this past draft where both Justin Fields and Mac Jones were available when it picked at eight. Darnold has pressure on him, but also has the key pieces around him. And that is the key story heading here in 2021. There's going to always be the conversation, particularly if Justin Fields plays well, but we can't forget about Mac Jones. If he starts in New England, eventually, which is going to be the case whenever he takes over for Cam Newton, if he starts in New England and he plays well, there's going to be the conversation the Carolina Panthers bypass both those guys. Now, I don't know how fair that is, considering Carolina made up their mind weeks before the draft that they wanted Sam Darnold, and that was their guy. Now, the pressure goes on Darnold, considering the Carolina Panthers put a somewhat a decent financial um, investment in him. In year two here in Carolina, with the fifth-year option of $18.8 million. But also that, you know, they they risked their necks by choosing him over the rest of those guys. So it is going to be about Sam Darnold this season. And I'm wondering if things don't go as planned, what that looks like for David Tepper when he evaluates Matt Rule and obviously Scott Fitter down the road. Now, they're not in trouble if it's complete flop because it's not like they gave up that much. Now, they've gotten their draft picks back for the most part except for the second-round pick and then, you know, that the money that they have next season on Darnold, it's really $23 million basically for two seasons. Not that bad. They can always move on after this offseason. Now, what can they get back for Darnold? I'm not quite sure. The biggest worry, this is Lewis Reddick talking here, so the two biggest areas that jump out, first, has Darnold been a victim of his circumstances? And second, is the coaching staff in Carolina, specifically Joe Brady, as good as everyone thinks it is at developing players, establishing relationships, and putting a winning product on the field? These are the questions I need answers to before believing that things truly are about to turn up on a consistent basis for the Carolina Panthers. And that's a great question about victim of circumstances with Sam Darnold. And I, we, I talked about it ad nauseum, where yes, Offensive line was bad in New York. Coaching staff was bad in New York, but he was also bad in New York. Is that just because of them or is that because of him? Well, I think the answer is both, which now we'll find out here this year in Carolina, at least. Was it the Jets' fault or was it really just Sam Darnold's not a good quarterback? But the second one there, Joe Brady came in with all the hype last offseason. After what LSU did in 2019 with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Randy Moss, his son Thaddeus Moss. They were fantastic offensively, one of the best offenses we've seen in college football. And I was kind of of the belief that Joe Brady got a little bit too much credit for what happened down there at LSU. Clearly they have a ton of talent, the amount of first-rounders I just listed off there. They have played well so far in the NFL when you talk about Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson. So how can we put all of that just on the play caller? Maybe that's just 
a ridiculous amount of talent in Baton Rouge at one point in time. And LSU's been a program that's always had talent, but under Les Miles, offensively, they were in the Stone Age. And even early on with Coach O, they were back in the Stone Age, and you bring in Joe Brady. Then last year, he leaves, comes to Carolina, and LSU's offense didn't look quite great again. Quarterback injuries and the loss of talent as well, but still, LSU kind of went back to being the same old LSU we had seen before. So certainly, that gives you some inclination that maybe it was Joe Brady and DJ Mangus and Jake Peets, both leave Carolina to go back down there and hopefully resurrect what happened in 2019. But still, that's college. And last year was the first time that Joe Brady had ever been a play caller at any level. Pop Warner, middle school football, uh, junior high, if you want to call it that, high school, college, NFL, first time as the main play caller. And we saw week one, the decision to hand the ball to Alex Armand, not great. The miscommunication at the end of the Denver game with Teddy Bridgewater. You can put it on Teddy, you can put it on Joe Brady. Either way, there's a amount of miscommunication. Some of the play calling there in the red zone at the end of the game against Minnesota. Just what exactly was going on in a lot of these situations has to make you wonder whether he's the right guy. And especially with quarterback Sam Darnold, who has a lack of confidence coming in here after what happened to him in New York. If he can't get Darnold to play at a high level, you got to start questioning not just Darnold, obviously, and then maybe you have your answer on him, whether he can actually make it in the league. But you have to wonder, too, hmm, Joe Brady, you got a former a top three pick who has all these weapons around him, and he comes in a situation that's far better than you would look at the one he had the first three years in New York, and still you're not able to get him to play well? Is that Darnold? Is that Brady? I don't know. A lot of questions right there and concerns that I kind of agree with when it comes to Lewis Riddick. Now, what they also talk about is what could change for the better. And, of course, it has to start with Brian Burns, who they say is positioned to be the NFL's next great edge rusher. He's a franchise pillar who has the attention of opposing teams after two years of growth. And one AFC coordinator recently compared rookie J.C. Horn to Jalen Ramsey, saying he might never be as good as Ramsey's been, but he has Ramsey-like traits with link, physicality, and speed. That's Jeremy Fowler, NFL Nation insider reporter, talking about that, too, with the things that could change for the better for Carolina, but absolutely. I mean, you look at defensively with this team, and why I've loved the defense and love their potential. I'm not sure how good they're going to be this year, but I think they have a really good chance to be good considering the veterans that they added in Boye, Daquan Jones, and Hassan Reddick, but also Brian Burns is going to be here for a long time. Jeremy Chin should be here for a long time. Hopefully J.C. Horn drafted number eight. They decided that they wanted him over any defensive player and over those two quarterbacks that were available, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Hopefully he turns out to be another one of those franchise pillars. And we'll go back to last year's first round as well with Derek Brown. Those are four guys, real super young, that could be awesome for this Panther defense for the next five-plus years and hopefully next decade if we're lucky they're healthy and contracts work out and they can stay here in Carolina. Now, here's a stat to know. In trading for Darnold, the Panthers are betting that Darnold's situation was the cause of his poor production. Um... Darnold's statistics certainly don't compel confidence on their service. He ranked dead last in QBR among qualifiers last season and has never finished better than 25th in that category. That's Seth Walder um, of ESPN Analytics giving you that stat that you need to know. So hopefully, of course, in a better situation, Sam Darnold will be a better quarterback. And I do wonder, just looking more at this, and we'll talk about it more on the other side. If the Carolina Panthers are average the next three seasons, how does David Tepper feel about that? So we'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save the time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They 
get everything you could need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car would ever need. rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So as we were talking about before, ESPN has their NFL future power rankings of 2021 projecting all 32 teams for the next three seasons where they're giving them grades between being an elite team, meaning obviously a Super Bowl type winning team, a great team, a very good team, average, very bad and disastrous, which would be an F grade. They have the Carolina Panthers with a C as an average team, 72.3, which is Ugh, not a great score. And also, also for context, there's no team in the 90s. Even the Kansas City Chiefs were number one, obviously because they have Patrick Mahomes, a rebuilt offensive line, Andy Reid, those incredibly great offensive weapons, and Travis Kelsey, who also apparently his name is pronounced Kels, as he said on a podcast last week with Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, uh, busting with the boys, that Barcelona podcast, which is interesting. Uh, but Chiefs are up there at 88.5. Number two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 88.1. This is what is important to me. The Bucks with Tom Brady, who they say is the number two quarterback in the NFL, only behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's certainly a conversation that people can have for themselves. But if you look at it, the first two times that they played, the, the two times that they played in massive games, an AFC title game in Kansas City a few years back when the Chiefs were the number one seed, and then last year in the Super Bowl, and I'm not going to say either one of them were, were Mahomes' fault, but then the Chiefs not scoring the first half of the AFC title game. But Tom Brady's gone out there. When we look at the whole legacy deal, Tom Brady's gone out there. We won both of those games. So I'm sure down the road we'll be talking about who was the better quarterback, but people are going to probably point back to that. So it's just interesting how uh, Tom Brady can be ranked behind Mahomes, even though in those two big spots, and even just last year, not too long ago in the Super Bowl, what, five months ago, um, he was winning his seventh. So, But the Bucks are projected the next three years to be a very good team and close to being a great team with a chance, obviously, this season to win another Super Bowl. You go down to New Orleans... And New Orleans, even without having Drew Brees, the Saints are considered to be a very good team. 79.4 grade. They're 12th. That's where their projection is. Carolina's 23rd. The Falcons, Atlanta, not really great either with 26. So over the next three seasons, Carolina Panthers are still considered to be far behind the Bucs, behind the Saints, but just above the Falcons. And I can't imagine for the next three seasons, that's going to fly here with David Tepper for this organization to just be average. I I don't think he's ever going to be sitting here with the Carolina Panthers, particularly after the first three seasons, which is why I've had the conversation with you guys, and I've told when I've gone on other Locked On podcasts, I mean, I I went on the Locked On NFL podcast, and they were asking me just about the decision of why they didn't draft a quarterback. 
from what people I've talked to and also just from what I've gathered myself, David Tepper is not patient enough to sit here and watch a rookie quarterback go through three years of development. He doesn't have time to sit here and watch, but say Josh Allen, who the first two years showed flashes, but also a lot of headaches. It got him to the playoffs one of those years and then had one of the most laughable performances in terms of, yeah, he looked good at times, but also like, what are you doing in that Texans game that the Bills eventually lost? But then last season with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, both all pro wide receivers, a rebuilt offense line. The defense wasn't up to this caliber was the year higher, but the way that they built the roster there in Buffalo with ex-Carolina Panther assistant GM Brandon Bean and the now new assistant GM Dan Morgan here, and of course Sean McDermott, ex-Panthers defensive coordinator, they've given an opportunity to be now one of the elite teams looking like an AFC. But it took three years for Josh Allen to get to that point. And after David Tepper sat here and watched three years of losing football with Cam Newton's injuries and then having to watch Kyle Allen and having watched Teddy Bridgewater last year, I don't think he's willing to just sit here and then throw away, not throw away really, but just sit here for two seasons and then hope that by year three, when it really matters, that that quarterback's figured things out. And that would be a six-year of ownership. And honestly, the way that they've operated, that might still be the case considering the risk that they're taking by bringing in Sam Darnold. I still don't believe that he's going to be cool with come year six or even this, I mean, this season, fine, year two, they have to make a, a major improvement. I'm not saying they got to get to the playoffs. When I was talking to Jonathan Alexander on Wednesday's show, the one of the co-beat reporters of the Carolina Panthers, the Charlotte Observer, he, he said nine and eight. And he thinks 10 and 7 is probably the cutoff for playoffs, but 9 and 8 is right there in position. And I'm of the belief that despite, yes, being the youngest team in the NFL and not having the greatest of offensive lines and then the quarterback who I have really no confidence in, that they still have a chance to be right there in the hunt come December. Now, the schedule with New Orleans and Buffalo and Tampa Bay twice is what's going to, my belief, in all hopes of a playoff just because it's a young team and they're quite not there yet. But come 2022, that's when things should change. So in 2022, I don't think David Tepper is going to be cool with this team just being average. I think he expects them to be a very good football team, a playoff football team. And sit and past that, he expects them to get to the point where they can be great. And if not great, elite, a championship winning football team. So the way that Field Yates and Lewis Reddick and um, Jeremy Fowler and Seth Walter look at the Carolina Panthers for the next three seasons, that's not going to cut it here. And from everything that David Tepper told us when he got rid of Ron Rivera and he talked about, you know, could you go through a couple years of pain and for, you know, 20 years of sustained success, something that we've never had here in Carolina, something, I mean, we haven't even had back-to-back winning seasons. He's not going to sit here and be content with an overall roster that's ranked 26th. A quarterback that's ranked 26. Now, this is by their own opinion. A coaching staff that's only ranked 16th. Now, a top 10 draft, that's good. Front office that's only ranked 19th. And I think that they're set up front office-wise to be a lot better considering what we've already seen from Scott Fitter, especially Taylor Moten signing. Uh, the way he's worked out deals with Hassan Reddick to get really a bargain there, bringing in A.J. Boye, Daquan Jones. I love pretty much everything he's done this offseason in terms of his free agent signings. And the money, well, outside the offensive line ones, of course, the first two, and and Pat Elfline and Cam Irving, albeit I understand what exactly you're trying to do there, positional flexibility and bringing in some veteran guys to play those left uh, offensive line positions, left tackle and left guard respectively. I I see what he's trying to do. I just don't think it's going to work. And in the draft, we'll see how things work out. We've seen plenty of times that the draft can be, it's not necessarily a crapshoot, but there's, it's tough. But the, what he tried to do, though, was get as many draft picks as possible 
meaning giving them more opportunities to actually nail players. You hope that the first-round pick, J.C. Horn, obviously pans out. You're hoping that your second-round pick, Terrace Marshall, who the team had a first-round grade on, that pans out. Obviously, you need Brady Christensen to work out. And another, probably more of those offensive alignments they brought in. And Tommy Trimble, like you want all this to work out. You want the late-round picks like Davion Nixon to do something for you. Shai Smith. You, or Keith Taylor to become really good players for the Carolina Panthers down the road. They got enough picks where he, they have the opportunity. So that's going to be fine, but the coaching staff, yeah, you, need, you need a better coaching staff. You want to have a top 10, top 5 coaching staff. You want to have a top 10, top 5 quarterback if you want to win. If you want to win. The overall roster, while New Orleans doesn't necessarily know what they have in terms of their quarterback situation here in 2021, you know what the Saints do know what they have? They have one of the top... 10 offenses in the league, and they rank them six. We're top 10 overall rosters, rather, in the league. And that's why I kind of still view New Orleans just above Carolina, considering that they have one of the best offensive lines. They still have one of the best wide receivers. They have a fantastic defense as well. And, of course, they have Sean Payton, who has an extremely punchable face. But Sean Payton's a fantastic head coach who's won a Super Bowl. And for, what, 15 seasons or whatever it was with him and Breeze, they were ridiculous there in New Orleans. And they had that little lull, but then they bounced back and they've dominated the NFC South for the last couple of years. And now it's Tampa's chance. But really, starting in 2022, it should be Carolina's time to dominate the NFC South. And that's why just the, the decision to bring in Sam Darnold is going to define the season and define where they're moving forward. Because the Carolina Panthers, in year two of Matt Rule, and year four is David Tepper as the owner. After he's rebuilt the football operation side, he's re- rebuilt the um, the rest of everything else going on in the organization, for them to potentially waste an entire season at the most important position. I think it's overvalued at times, but at the most important position in football with a quarterback who did not play well his first three seasons and really has not given you too many reasons to believe that he ever will be a starting quarterback, that could be extremely frustrating and set them back to where what if New Orleans has something in Jameis Winston or hell, what if Taysom Hill really is that guy and you still have Sean Payton, you still have a great front office, GM Mickey Loomis, and you still have a great roster, then Carolina's going to have a hard time getting past them. Now, eventually, Tom Brady is not going to be the quarterback in Tampa Bay. It might be 2040 when that happens, considering how this guy seems to never grow old, but it's going to happen in the next three, two, by the time this is over with, these next three years, it's got to happen in two or three seasons, you got to think. And Bruce Arians is not going to be the head coach forever. Is Byron Leftwich going to end up being head coach in Tampa? Is Todd Bowles going to be the right guy in Tampa? They still have a really good young pieces on their roster both defensively and offensively but they're going to have to plug in a new quarterback at some point in time that's why the Carolina Panthers made such a massive risk and let's not even forget about Atlanta for as much issues they have with the cap they've gotten rid of Julio Jones but they bring in a new head coach and a new general manager and Arthur Smith the head coach and Terry Fontenot who came from New Orleans as your GM both of them respectively in those positions they are going to have to figure out quarterback eventually and the Panthers had the chance this offseason even last offseason to get a guy in so when this team got older and when they developed their roster and this front office grew and they continued to add draft picks, that the rest of the three in the division would be behind the eight ball. But instead, we are sitting here with a massive question mark going into 2021. So when they project average, I can see where they're coming from because who knows what we have in Sam Darnold? And that's going to be the key question heading into 2021. So no, David Tepper is not going to be happy if come 2023, the Carolina Panthers are still an average football team or even a below average football team as they've been the last couple seasons due to injuries and just due to a lack of 
you know, youth and then defenses that have not been up to snuff what we've seen in the past here in Carolina. So it'll be interesting to see how things work out. All right. I talked about it, teased it earlier. Offensive weaponry the Carolina Panthers have. Also, look, take a quick look at the offensive line as ESPN looks at it. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to the Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So continuing kind of the conversation he's had there about all the season falling on Sam Darnold. Uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN, he ranks the Panthers offensive weaponry seventh overall. That's now down from fifth last year. And I would say probably the exit of Curtis Samuel is a reason why. Here's his justification for why he has the Panthers seventh overall. The Panthers rue the absence of their biggest star last season. As running back Christian McCaffrey reminded us to be cautious about using even a spotless health record to predict the future availability. After playing nearly every snap in 2019, CMC missed 13 games of ankle, shoulder, and quad injuries. Like Michael Thomas in New Orleans Saints, it's always good to have good to wait and see a player recover from a high ankle sprain before counting on them to return to their prior level play. This should be telling that McCaffrey missed virtually an entire season in his still consensus for overall pick in fancy drafts. There's nobody in the league like a healthy McCaffrey. And McCaffrey comes back strong. Few teams can boast a big three quite as impressive as that of McCaffrey and Wilds, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. Anderson reunites with his old teammate Sam Darnold. While Moore's 2020 season might not have been as productive as hoped, consider that he averaged more than 10 yards per target and didn't fumble after six of them across the prior two seasons. Positive touchdown regression toward the mean will come from Moore, who has only 10 scores on 208 catches over his first three seasons. And, you know, that's not all on him. That's obviously on quarterbacks. And I wouldn't say that last year's production um, was concerning because they still had what? Well, as we've been over, four guys over a thousand yards from scrimmage with Teddy Bridgewater as their starting quarterback. Now, it did not result in wins, and that's why Sam Darnold comes in this season. So, all that just further illustrates how this entire season weighs in on, uh, weighs on, if it's rather, the effectiveness of Sam Darnold at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. It's just ridiculous what he has around him. Now, what he has in front of him, though, is the main concern. As ESPN, has also ranked the Panthers' offensive line 27th heading into the season. Now, ESPN Analytics, a couple years ago, they developed their pass-blocking win rate, PBWR, to measure how often individual players and teams sustain their pass blocks for at least two and a half seconds using player tracking data from NFL Next Gen Stats. Last season, the Carolina Panthers were ranked 23rd when it came to pass-block win rate at 53%. 
And here's one positive, though. As we always weigh on how well they can pass protect, the Carolina Panthers' offensive line has done a really good job run blocking. They were top 10 in the league last year in run block win rate. That's number 7 overall, 72% of the time they were able to hold their box for at least two and a half seconds. So, or whatever the whatever the uh, second it is for uh, run blocking, I imagine is different than pass blocking. Either way, they were a fantastic run blocking team last year in Carolina. This season, they're projected to be 56% when it comes to pass block win rate, according to this stat from ESPN Analytics and just what they're projecting, which would make them 27th in the NFL and not necessarily an improvement from what Sam Darnold had last season. We've gone over the offensive line, left to right, left tackle, likely projected offensive line is going to be Cam Irving at left tackle, Pat Elfland at left guard, Matt Paradis at center is a guarantee, John Miller right guard, imagine also be pretty much a guarantee, and of course, man who just signed a mega deal here in Carolina, Taylor Moten at right tackle. And the justification here um, from ESPN, Sam Darnold should have better weapons and better coaching in Carolina, but he probably will not get a particularly good pass-protecting line. The ranks above might even give an overly optimistic impression Impression because Irving and Elfline both ranked poorly in 2019. Moten, who just got a four-year extension, is the only reliable blocker here. And that's something that makes me think, you know, does then Sam Darnold have a built-in excuse if the offensive line is not very good? He has great weapons, but yet an offensive line that has major question marks. And that just kind of goes to kind of, in a way, it's sort of like the, was it the Jets' fault or was it Sam Darnold's fault? Will it be Sam Darnold's fault or will it be the Lions' fault? Or maybe the offensive weapons don't, and I don't, that's not going to happen. The offensive weapons are going to be great this year. But then, again, just a conversation of, will it be on Darnold, will it be on the offensive line? And if it is kind of a little mixture of two, what do the Panthers do going in 2022? They have the, the personnel for sure. It's just the questions of offensive line and the quarterback. Those are the main questions heading into training camp next week. And you got questions for me, please make sure to tweet at me, at Julian Council, follow me there, to DM me for our weekly Friday mailbag where I'll answer all your questions, all my thoughts on Darnold, which you should know by now, but still, if you want, ask me more specific thoughts on them, I'll answer those for you, Your thoughts, my thoughts on the offensive line, and all things Carolina Panthers. So go ahead and do that as I wrap up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. Again, I appreciate you all support. Get in those questions. I will talk to you on Friday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.